Can we open to the, the book of Proverbs 25, 20, well, 21 verse 5? That was a very intentional exercise. It's to really start to get us to think and not just wait until the end of the year when we start to reflect, okay, what are my resolutions? And what should I do? Proverbs 25, 21, verse 5. And this is something that I know two years ago, we did a vision board, thanks to Pastor Femi, a vision board um, seminar, is it? Workshop it was, for the workshop. And um, it's, it's something that helps you plan and visualize the year. And if you can, do it with your family, with your friends here it says the plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty but those of anyone who is hasty who shall surely lead to poverty and i pray we will not be hasty so when hasty is used here it's it's like we only do it as a result of okay at this point this is all i can do i never really had time to allocate or plan i'm just going to get on and i pray the lord will will give us the grace to walk in the diligence we require to reap plenty Amen. All right, so we're going to into today's scripture, today's lesson. And I was speaking to Brother Omar, and Brother Omar's recent message is not here. But who actually remembers the title to Brother Omar's message? For those of us that were present in church, Sonship. For those who were not here, the story covered the prodigal son, the parable of the prodigal son. Um, but for those who were here, there really wasn't a, there were, there wasn't a title because I actually spoke to him. And I said, what was your title? Because my message was going to be whatever his title was, part two. <laughs> and then we were pondering and said, you know what? I didn't have a title. <laughs> and... You know, he, he delved into the life of the son that stayed at home. Hello, Brother Omar. <laughs> so for argument's sake, for those who want to have a title, we're going to title this, The Son That Stayed at Home, Part 2. So... Just to recap, you know, the son was in the field, comes back, uh, can hear a lot of music playing, can hear a lot going on, commotion, and he's like, what's going on? One of the servants comes around and says, your, your brother that was lost has now come, and essentially, the fattest cow has been killed to celebrate him. And this man was just furious, he was angry. And we finished with understanding that when the father came to speak to the son, he said a few things to him that, listen, you've always been here. Regardless of whether or not you always wanted a kid for yourself or anything for that matter, everything I have is yours. And then we spoke about um, you understanding that as, as sons, we now have ownership. As sons, we are able to relate to the father that the biggest revelation 
was the revelation of sonship. Are we still together? Right. So we're going to do a quick recap. Luke 15, verses 31 and 32. And he said to him, son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead, and he is alive again, was lost, and is found. Right. So, I'll throw this out to you. Do you think the son at home was, was he lost? Or was it different from the prodigal son? Or were they the same? They were the same. We're not sure. So we know the story of the prodigal son very well. One son comes, gets the wealth, and goes away. Spends the wealth. The other guys at home, you know, diligent, doing his bit. And now we're saying, is it possible that they are actually the same? They, they are, these guys are no different. Because Christ was trying to say something here. And we have to challenge our understandings of, of, of these things. Because ultimately, when we read what verse 32 was saying, if you bring up verse 32, because we only seem to hold on to 31. And we love 31, because 31 is where it says, what I have is yours. That's what we love. Everything that speaks to possession, speaks to your doing well, speaks to your prosperity. Can you go to 31? Here it says, and he said to him, son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. So we oftentimes think about sonship in that regard. Like, oh, yeah, God, what is yours is mine. More so, we've missed out verse 32. And this is where you probably start to see that the second son was no different from the first. 32. This is the father's will. It is right that we should marry and be glad, for your brother was dead. He's alive again. He was lost and he was found. So the father's will was nowhere the son. So the son may have been at home, he may have been serving, but he had no, no, no relevance to the father's will. He had, no, he, had, he had no inkling of the father's will. And this is the admonition to us today. How far are we from the father's will? How far are we from what is, is right by God? Oh, it is right by Pastor Okwe. It is right by uh, Pastor Omo. It is right by what my tradition what my culture what my church says but is it right by the father's will that's one now i'm going to need i'm going to need three men i want to drop an illustration here three men can i get three volunteers three volunteers Amen. Awesome. 
great men of God, men of valor. All right, can we come this way? All right. All right. Okay, great. So, with the two prodigal sons and the situation of sonship or relationship, it's always a case of growth. So the way you relate to, if I was the father, the way I would relate to you at any point would always depend on your understanding of my will. Right? So brother Omo here, imagine he's, he's a baby. Imagine he's a baby, okay? <laughs> Laddie is, is, in his, is in his young, young years. He's, he's an adolescent, you know. He's, you know, one guys, <laughs> like, like Leah just said, he's still really like all about himself. He's full of energy, he's full of zeal. Kunle here is a man. <laughs> okay. Now, let's break this down. As a child, a child is driven by need. A child is driven by feelings. A child, our mothers are here. I can see Sister Ola nodding in the back. <laughs> Children are driven by what stirs them. They cannot control what stares their needs. So they only relate to the father and the mother based on what they need. What feelings, what feelings, this is what I feel, this is what I need, this is what is staring me right now. I'm just crying because I want you to carry me. I'm hungry right now, you need to feed me. Now, the young man here, He's, he's got a gusto, you know, he's got, he's got a sense of direction. Problem is, he wants to make a name for himself, like most young adolescents. And you relate, and you would probably agree that this is probably where the prodigal son that left, this is probably where he fell. You know, he knows, in, in fact, prodigal son that left, he knew his right in God. He knew his right to the father. He knew he had access to what the father had as, as a son. And you could even argue that the son that was in the house had no clue. Had no clue. So you have an understanding that this man here is driven. This man here equally is driven by his need. His need for self-gratification, self glory, self-recognition, self, and put anything after that. This is where most of us are, all right? Now, this man, this is what the father was referring to in verse 32. If you put verse 32 up on the screen again. See, because verse 32 is saying beyond the possessions that you may get from me. It says, do you understand what my will is? Being a man, being a son, means understanding the will of the Father. Thank you, brothers. Can we celebrate our lovely men? And the reason I did that illustration is very key. 
It's very key. So we start to assess ourselves. How am I relating to God? Is it from a place of, oh, I need, I need, I need. Because as a man, the idea is you understand that God is trying to redeem. God is trying to build. God is looking to see who else can I extend my redemption to. It's not a case where, like we do, we consume on ourselves. So I say to you once again, the son that stayed in the house, was he a, do you think he was as wasteful as the prodigal son? No? Yes? No? Can I get some answers here? Yes? Why do you say yes? Um, because everything that the father had was his own, but he didn't realize that it was his own. So as well as the person went outside and squandered it, he also squandered what he had in front of him. That's good. That wasn't what I was thinking. That's a good one. So you are yes. Can I get a no? We said no. Over there, okay, can I get a no? Yeah, I'll I'll say no because um he 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 stayed in the home. He stayed um close. So yeah, he didn't, you know, fully self-actualize. Um, but he was present, he was serving, he was in position. So I don't think it's the same. All right. This is why I love the word of God. You can never go wrong on the word of God. See, the word of God would trump opinion, it would trump it would trump any. Hey sis, how are you? How are you? Good to see you, good to see you. All right. The word of God is the ultimate standard. It should trump everything we think, we understand, we know, or we prefer. And usually it's usually what we prefer. All right, so let's let's squash this once and for all. Luke 15, 29. So we know the kid, we know, we know the young man was of upset, right? He was upset. Rightly so. He's been serving. It's been, it's been, it's been been doing what he was called to do and there's no way he would have been a squandrift or or, sp or spendrift so we understand that the young guy that left he left to consume on himself we agree all right Luke 15:29. so he answered and he said to his father Lo, this many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandments at any time. And yet, you have never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. I'm going to pause there. And uh, leave, please leave that on the screen. Please leave the verse on the screen. Because there's something here we miss. Look closely. First of all, don't forget, he was making a comparison to the fat cow. So there's an issue of jealousy, one. But that's not what we're talking about now. We agreed that the young man that left was about consuming on himself, right? 
so let's read this last line. So start from here. Start from the third line down and read that and I'll point something out to you in case you missed it. So for those of you who said it wasn't a waste, it wasn't, a, it wasn't built, his character was not built to be as wasteful as the first, this is our standard. It says here, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might consume on myself with my friends, that I might celebrate with my friends, that I might show off with my friends, that I might self-indulge, self-consume with my friends. Are we seeing the picture? This is the problem with our misunderstanding of sonship because we relate to the father from a place of own, what can we own? We don't understand that there's a lot we need to shed from. See, so this man here, is, he was far from the father. In fact, he might as well, when he saw his brother left, might as well have just taken his stuff and gone as well. Because his mind was not with the father and his mind was equally built to waste. Waste, waste on what? Waste on himself, consume on himself. And the admonition to us today is in our service. Why are we wasting on self? So good scripture, I shared this with, um, with, with a few of us back in Greenwich. There's a, there's a prayer point we often pray. We pray our midst, actually, where we talk about um, God has given us the power to get wealth. Why? Uh, and I'll, be the, I'll be the first to confess. I have led prayer points <laughs> on pulpits. <laughs> God forgive me. About God, give us the power to get wealth. But my praying and my understanding was not similar from the two prodigal sons because it was to consume it on myself. Because the very verse that talks about the power to get wealth, do your, in, your, in your research time, read it up. It says, I have given you the power to get wealth that you may fulfill the covenant of the most high God. We never talk about that when we think about the power to get wealth because we, what? We relate from a place of ownership, self-consumption. What is in for me? And as a son, that means, well, well essentially it means two things. Either we're relating to God as a baby, a baby has needs, a baby's just coming from a place of feelings, coming from a place of desire, no, no, no control, or a place of a, a young adult where, yeah, you may have a sense of direction, but it's still predominantly based on self-consumption, self-glorification. How, how can I stand out? So how can I look good? What I want to say? How can I, how can I be preferred at work? How, 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 can I, how can I get this so I can look good? God, give me a car that I might be celebrated. Give me, give me, give me a man that, Lord, that even in my life, oh Lord, I, I can be seen to be, to be fulfilled as a, as a woman. Is this where we're getting it wrong? See where we're getting it wrong. And I pray 
that even beyond what we are speaking about today, that the most I will teach us how to do this because it gets more interesting. It gets more interesting. So we're going to say, I'm going to throw out a few points we're going to speak about. Sonship is not about ownership. So that's point one. Sonship is not about ownership. With the emphasis that we understand and we see in our lives with God, we will never prosper to the point God would like simply because of the way our minds limit his ability to lift us up. So God wants to lift you up. God wants to make you like Kune, like a man. But we're still working with our needs that God, I don't, I'm not ready for your will. Lord, it's my need. It's my need. Why do you pray for what you pray for? Why are we praying for wealth? Why are you praying for your job? Why are you trying to get a promotion? If the Lord is not in your plan, bless you for taking the time to write some plans for those of you who did in your pondering. But if the Lord is not in your plan, please revise that plan. Please revise that plan. Because until the Lord sits on the throne of your spirit, that means as you're deciding every decision, the Lord is paramount. Listen, we will struggle. We will struggle. Why do you think we pray amiss? Why do you think we pray and we don't get answers to prayers? Because like the prodigal sons, we are praying amiss. We are serving amiss. The son that, and I, <laughs> I call them the prodigal sons, if you've realized, if you've caught me out. Because they were both prodigal. They were both prodigal. Particularly, we're speaking in terms now of the one that was in church. Let's use church as an example. He was so lost. He was so busy. Busy singing, choir. Ushers, busy serving. But he was so far from the Father's will. He was so far from the Father. I pray we will not get too busy for the Lord to live in our spirits. You know, I pray that God will find a place to rest in our minds. You know, because besides that, everything else, everything we do is pointless. It's empty. Now, as a man, what God really wants to do is God wants to bring healing. God wants to bring restoration. God wants to bring recovery. But when we are operating in the place of, of, of a baby or an adolescent, what happens is, and I'm using the choir as an example here, sorry, is I want my voice to sound the loudest. I want to sing really well. I want to impress. Who are you impressing? Because in truth, God is your biggest audience. Forget everyone else. I know we have to be excellent. I know we have to be technical. But in the space of technicality, let's not miss the will of the Father. So we're speaking about the two prodigal sons. For those of us who have just joined, you're probably wondering, 
I only know of one prodigal son. I pray the Holy Spirit would carry you along as we go. So I said, sonship is not about ownership. The problem with the way we've served God, like the prodigal son we read, is there's a focus on self. What am I doing? So we're serving God as a job description. Now, God, I serve you and I get this back. Oh, yeah, I serve you and I only serve you because it's convenient. It's, it's oh, right now I can afford to. Listen, for anything to grow, something must die. For anything to survive, something must die. Now, that means if you really want to grow, if you really, really, really want to progress like you're praying for, what Christ is saying when he was saying, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and all things will follow. What Christ was trying to say was, listen, die to self-consumption. Die to self-esteem. Die to self, self, self. And all these things will follow. So think about it. How often do we pray about our jobs? Oh, God, give me promotion. Oh, God, give me promotion. Oh, God, give me that job. Oh, God, cancel that debt, Lord. I know I shouldn't have taken that debt, but God, just do a miracle. <laughs> God, forgive us. I'm making a point. It's funny, but it is intentional. We are praying amiss because we do not understand. And we do, we, we do not understand our place as sons more so. So if we open to, to the book of Galatians, Galatians 4 verses 1. book of Galatians 4 verse 1. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ from a slave, though he is the master of all. Wow. Wow, wow. So this is where we, this is our problem, right? We are praying for things we already have. One. Then the other problem is, like the prodigal son that was at home, you are working for what you already have. You are praying for promotions. You don't need to pray for promotions. Walk in excellence. The Lord will back you up. Now, walk in the understanding of the Father's will. Now, listen, in this space, God, what do you want me to do for? What, 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 is, what is your spirit saying about this place? Listen, there's no way God will not lift you to a, a, a place of, 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 of high esteem. I esteem because if you take a step back, when even when we are praying, so we are wasting time praying, 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 praying. Can we put that verse back up, please? We are praying, 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 praying. We are master of all, but the problem is we are still thinking as children, so we cannot access. So we cannot access. So because we cannot access. We end up just praying, praying, God, heal me, heal me, heal me, heal me. We're healed. What I'm saying is we should pray from a place of victory. Pray from a place of victory. And now I say that as the heir, as long as he's a child, he does not differ from a slave. Though he is the master of all, 
Next. Next verse, please. Verse 2. Are we having issues detecting? Now, but under, so essentially as a child, a child cannot really control, cannot really be given the mastery of things. As such, he will have to remain under guidance and stewards until the appointed time by the father. Now, I want us to understand a few things with God. With God, you own everything. The Father has said, I've given everything to you. But understand your place in the Father's will. It is not to consume on yourself. So we are owners of, no of nothing, stewards of everything. Do you understand that? You are owners of nothing, but you are stewards. What's a steward? A steward is a man that stands with resources so you are not you are not even struggling you've got resources but you are not working in a place of stewardship in the understanding that i'm doing the father's business now if the prodigal son that stayed at home was working as a steward when the son came in fact he would have ran in to join in because what he would have understood the place of the father's joy now in what we're doing i want to challenge you what is the place of the father's joy in what you're doing and how you're thinking the things you want why you want them what is the father's joy stop to let's let's stop relating to god from a place of need that's point number two i've just got three points don't worry Stop relating to God from a place of need. Matthew 21, verse 33. The self-appetite that drove the young man from his house to a distant country. So look at this. The young man, before he left, he knew his right. He knew his right. He knew his right and he knew his access. He said, you know what, I know my access. I know I can command my father to give me what is mine, and he will, right? That's awesome. The problem was, when he came back, after consuming on self, his mindset was so damaged. He started, he started thinking as a servant. So he was now saying, you know, oh, Father, don't even take me as your son anymore. Let me be a slave. You know, before I even started the journey, he said, you know, God, you know, you know, he was saying to the pigs, right, the servants consume better food. Now let me go back to the Father. At least I can eat like the servants. So he lost complete understanding of his place as a son. And that's what self-consumption can do. So be aware, it, it's corrupt, it, it corrupts slowly, ever so slowly, it just chips away, just chips away, just chips away. It just damages, just chips away, just chips away. So Matthew 21, 21 verse 22. 
Whatever thing you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Yes. Next. Next verse, please. Carry on. Now, when he came into the temple, the chief priest and the elders of the people confronted him. And he was teaching and he said, by what authority do you do these things? And who gave you your authority? Carry on. But Jesus answered and said, I also will ask one thing. Which, if you tell me, I like us, will tell you, by what authority do I do these things? Carry on. The baptism of John, where was it from? From heaven or from men? They reasoned among themselves, saying, if we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe in him? But if we say from men, we fear the multitude. For all count John as a prophet. Carry on. And they answered Jesus and said, we do not know. And Jesus said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. I'm bringing up that story because I want you to think, by what authority are you doing the things you're doing? Next year, what authority will guide your instructions? What authority will guide your decisions? As a family, what authority will guide what you will do together for the children? What authority will guide your, 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 your possessions, your resources, your finances? Is it the authority of self? Are we going to be stewards? Are we going to align our intentions with the intentions of the Father? Or are we going to carry on as we've always done, walking in the field, but very far from the Father's will? If we open to the book of Genesis, I'm going back now, and if we're going back to the original plan, the fall of fall of man. So when God formed Adam, Adam was formed in the fullness of his, his, his maturity in spirit. Amen? It was a full, fully formed man. So when we talk about Kunle, let's think of Adam as Kunle for the sake of this argument. So Genesis 2, verses 5 to 8, and then 15. Before any plant was in the field in the earth and before any herb was in the field that had grown, the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth and there was no man to till the ground. But a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. Verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of dust of the ground and breathed life into his nostrils. And the breath of life, and the man became a living thing. And the Lord planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. Right. 15. I'll leave that on the screen. Please leave that on the screen. So before the fall of man, man's job... Was that? Was it was on the screen? 
As a steward, our job is to tend to the Father's will. So God did not even create plants. He did not create resources. He said, no, I'll create, I'll create my son first. So there will be someone to, to represent my will. There will be someone to enact my vision. There will be someone to be ready to pray for the sick. There will be someone that will not be bold to call out the darkness around in the name of Jesus. And this is what we're going to end with as we pray. That Father, teach us to tend and keep. Keep your resources right. So in your own words, just pray to the Most High. And I want us to repent. I want us to repent. And ask the Lord to be the infilling we need. The restoration we need. I want us to pray for every form of self-driven desire that has spoiled our relationship with God, that may they not stand. Now, Lord, let them not stand, Lord. Let them not stand against us anymore. Lord, we pray that we will walk in us in a true place of sonship, in a true place of your original will. Keep us, Almighty Father.